0: Good morning and welcome to Faith in Flagler. My name is Brian McMillan, your host. I'm also the publisher and co-owner with my wife of the Observer newspaper, Palm Coast and Ormond Beach. And thank you so much for listening to Faith in Flagler because building faith strengthens our community. Uh, Today I have in the studio with me at WNZF Studios, Pastor Jose Pantha did I say that correctly? Yes, you did. Close, close. Yes, I, I don't pretend to ever uh, to to be uh, fluent in, in 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 your language, but I'm so glad to uh, that you're willing to come on the the show with me today. Um, and I, I was told that you go by Father Jose at the church. That's right. Okay, very good. So Father Joss, um the pastor for Saint Elizabeth Ann Seton Catholic Church. Since January of 2020, so you're uh, June June, okay, 2019. Oh, June 2019. Okay, yeah. I went back to some of the Act-
1: actually July first, yes. Okay,
0: that's <laughs> very good. Yeah. Um. So I went back to uh the last time that we spoke. I was the editor of the Observer some years yes. ago, yes. and um I did a little interview with you then, yeah. and so um I don't think we've been in the same room since then. But I'm so glad that you know you're you're back on the show. This is the Christmas Eve show. Um and so this is going to be part 1 of 2. We're also going to have um continue the conversation with Father Jose in the next edition, in the next episode which will be the New Year's Eve edition. So I thought that it would be um interesting to talk about um some of the teachings of Jesus and, you know, that to me that's a lot of it's kind of encapsulated in the Sermon on the Mount. So something that I've always loved to read and reread and and ponder about um but just a little bit um if we can get a little bit more about you from that story i pulled up that story that i wrote um some years ago um and uh it says that you were born in india yes in a town where almost everyone was catholic yes and um you decided as a young boy That you wanted to become a priest, yes, and you became a priest at the age of twenty-four. That's pretty young, is it it not? Yes, yeah. So, what what was it that motivated you as as such a young person to want to be a a Catholic priest?
1: Well, I always wanted to serve the Lord in the ministry, and I always believed I had this call. And so I did everything that I could, you know, to become a Catholic priest, and I was lucky to uh, complete my studies. Uh, in a short period of time, compared to many others do. So I got ordained at the age of 24. At that time, uh, my religious superiors, I belonged to the Catholic religious community called Carmelites of Mary Immaculate. Hmm. Since they found out that I have the, the talent to write, uh, they decided to send me to the United States for uh, studies. Uh, This was in
0: the 1970s. Yes. Uh,
1: So I came to the U.S. in 1977 to study at the University of Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana, for a master's in international politics. When I completed uh, that master's program, I went to the University of Illinois in Champaign-Urbana for a master's in journalism and communication. Hmm. Then in 1981, I went back to India And I became the executive editor of uh, two daily newspapers and half a dozen weeklies and magazines. Mm -hmm. Later, I came back to the US to do a a PhD work at uh, Market University in Milwaukee. Again, I went back to the newspaper as its editor. Uh, Then, in 2008, I was elected as the head of my community, consisting of 3,000 members. We have 2,000 priests and uh, over 100 seminarians. Wow.
0: And, and what, 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 uh, what, what geographical area does that encompass?
1: Uh, all of us, except a few people come from Kerala, which is one of the southern uh, states of India. Uh, okay. We have also a few uh, priests and seminarians from Africa, especially from Kenya. Hmm. Otherwise, most of the members of our community uh, come from uh, Kerala, the southern state. But our work is all over the world now. We are scattered all over India, and also we are now in thirty-four different countries, including wow. the United States and Canada.
0: Very cool. And I know, I know you said in the last time we talked that you had been to Saint Elizabeth Ann Seton at different times in the you know nineteen eighty nine, ninety four, ninety five, ninety seven, yes, and and then you became the the full time pastor here, yes, in uh in, in few years ago so um anyway i'm glad that uh, again thank you very much for joining me and hope everyone has a merry christmas yours is going to be busy yes christmas eve has how many masses again
1: uh, we we start with the uh, christmas eve mass at four and then we have a uh, christmas lessons and carols at six again we have uh, another christmas eve mass at seven then we have a uh, christmas lessons and carols at 11 and then
0: midnight mass Mm-hmm. And do you, do people? I mean, do Catholics go to all of those, or they they decide which one they're going to go to depending on the time? Oh,
1: since we have so many people coming yeah, for masses, I, you know, they, that's they, why you need they,
0: to split it up. Or... Uh,
1: we, we need different
0: masses. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Uh, how many? How many people are you talking about that would go to these combined? How many would you expect? Oh, over five thousand. Over five thousand. Yes. Wow. Yes, yes, yes. So this is one reason I'm excited to have you on the show because this is like a major, major portion of the community. You yeah, know that. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're talking. Five percent of everybody who lives in this whole area that could be going to one of these masses. So yeah, yeah. That, that's that, that's amazing. So but but remember, there are yeah.
1: so many Catholics in this town. Yeah, uh, if the the census shows that we are close to one hundred thousand, right? Uh, the the mm-hmm. people in Palm Coast, uh, there could be more than t- there should be more than ten thousand people <laughs> Catholic people
0: in, in Palm Coast, but not everybody shows up. <laughs>
1: no. That is why we have started sending uh, invitation, uh, okay. you know, for Christmas. Uh, all the U.S. postal customers in Palm Coast will receive uh, hmm. a postcard uh, From, these days. Okay. We started sending them out yesterday.
0: Everybody, not just Catholics, but everybody,
1: everybody. Just let them know that, you know, we are having all these services. Yeah, cool. Plus, it is impossible to find out who is Catholic and who is not. Yeah, right. So we send out to everybody so that the Catholics will get a chance, you know, to have a look. And yeah. non-Catholics are also invited. I mean, right. is, yeah.
0: Um, it, it would be interesting to go, like for people who aren't, you know, this is a, this is a traditional, um, yeah. a tradition that many people, billions of people around the world yes, yes. Have, have, have had for generations, centuries even. so it's, it's, uh, it, it's certainly a part of the fabric of, of Christmas in, in all, of, all over the world. Yeah.
1: Since we talked about the Christmas Eve Mass, let yeah. me also oh, talk right, about, yeah, about Christmas Masses on Day. <laughs> Christmas Day. <laughs> yeah. On Christmas Day, we have Masses at eight, ten, twelve, and in the afternoon, uh, we have Mass in Spanish.
0: Wow! Yeah, huh. yeah, amazing. The, um, and but you're not the. Are you the one in charge of each one of those?
1: No, I will be. <laughs> I will be celebrating the Masses at uh, four. Midnight and ten AM on Sunday. Are you going to we have two other sleep priests. at all,
0: or how, how do you?
1: Well, we will find time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Take a little nap after the midnight mass. That's right. Yes. So, why? What is the tradition of the midnight mass? You know? uh,
1: the midnight mass uh, is the time that we remember the birth of Jesus because yeah. we believe that Jesus was born around midnight. Mm. So that mass is special. Plus, the feeling that you know you are you know you are keeping watch. Yeah. For the birth, and then you come, you know you you share in that joy, uh, so that is special, but the prayers are all same uh, for most of the masses, mm. with slight uh, variations, and also the readings will be also slightly different uh, for the midnight mass. It will be always from the gospel of uh, Saint Luke, mm-hmm. where the birth of Jesus you know uh, yeah. is uh, narrated yeah
0: yeah we we spent uh, I spent the last two episodes talking to Pastor Joe Campitella um, of just, just up the road from St. Elizabeth yes. and Seton on Beltaire at the Christian Life Center. We talked a lot about Luke two and um, just that, that sort of the, the amazing kind of spirit and the reverence that you must have, that those shepherds must've felt, yes. you know, the angels appear to <clears throat> them, such humble circumstances. Um, what, what when, when you, when you, when you read that story in Luke two, um, what, what, what does it make you feel about, feel like?
1: Well, it makes me feel, you know, like uh, joyful, mm-hmm. you know, I'm really excited whenever I read that uh, part of the story and it always brings back memories of my childhood. When we used to go, we used to walk to the uh, parish church uh, before the middle of the night, you know, to, to join uh, this midnight mass. So it brings back lots of memories with families and friends, but, mostly it uh, reminds us you know of the the, the great event of salvation uh, through which you know the lord saved us the world mm-hmm.
0: yeah so you're walking as a small child yes. a, as a boy, as a boy yeah. um and you already know that you may want to become a priest someday but you're walking um to the midnight mass and you see the stars yes it, yes. You mu- it must be sort of easy to think about the shepherds as they saw the stars yes and, Now, I don't know if you're looking at, like, imagine seeing an actual, the new star in the the sky that night. So, um, okay, so I want to um, also um, read a quote from the last, from that last interview. Mm -hmm. Um, You said, in our age, what is happening is there are many more people who don't pay any attention to faith. Not because they lack information or experiences, but they have other things that attract their attention. There have always been people committed to their faith, even today in the midst of all that is happening. And that's the end of that quote. And I think that it's interesting this is this was part of what we talked about then was the 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 sort of challenge of um yeah, having having religion and faith be part of people's lives when it is so easy to be distracted by all these other things, and I wondered if you could comment a little bit more about that. just um, how do we make rele- how do we make faith more relevant in our lives and, and, and connect to that
1: Well, I think we need to show through our example how faith makes us alive, how it makes us happy, mm-hmm. how it makes us to become a better citizen of the country you know how we are able to you know get along with people uh, without faith you know we will not have the uh the the qualities uh that will help us you know to become a better person i'm not saying a person without faith is not a good person yeah. what i'm saying is our faith tremendously helps us because we know we are supported by a higher force that is god he is always uh, helping us in everything we do Remember the uh, the words of Saint Paul, uh, Philippians four thirteen. I can do everything in Christ who strengthens me. So the faith really gives us that strength, that courage uh, to to go forward, even when we face uh, all kinds of challenges and obstacles.
0: Yeah, which again, just like you said, it makes us better citizens. Yeah. What, whatever faith it is, if we have, if we believe, if we have this kind of hope. Um, and uh, if it gives us a kind of courage and determination to do good things, that's right. And that the whole community is benefiting from that. So that, that's a great sentiment. So um, I need to pause for a second, actually, and make sure that I thank the the sponsors of the show. <laughs> um, I want to thank Douglas Property and Development, Big John's Appliances, and Stevenson Wilcox and Associates. Their uh, their support makes the show possible, and I really appreciate them and what they're why that they're uh they're supportive um also <clears throat> so if we can now i'd like to talk a little bit about matthew chapter six so this is in the sermon on the mount and um jesus is teaching his disciples to pray um and i know that this prayer is very um uh very central and very important to catholics uh, in particular i think um, you call it the "Our Father," like there's—that's the yes. name of it, right? Yes. yes. Um, and I think a lot of—I mean, all churches who read the New Testament, you know, read it. Um, but I just wanted to kind of, first of all, if you could tell me why the the "Our Father" is so important to to you personally. Uh, let's start there. Like, how, how have you connected with the "Our Father" this this prayer that Jesus says in in Matthew six?
1: You know, uh, the prayer "Our Father" is. Probably one of the first prayers I learned when I was little. Mm-hmm. Uh, our parents uh, normally begin teaching us when we are very little. Uh, and it starts with in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That is the, the way all the uh, Catholic uh, you know, uh, prayer services or uh, liturgies begin. So we learn that when, when we are very young. Together with that, we are actually taught the prayer our Father. And the, the parents will always remind us, you know, God is there, pray. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's going to help you and provide you with what you need. So the, the way I grew up was uh, praying this prayer every day uh, together with my family. Because uh, I come from a family where we have a, a evening prayer. Uh, you may not believe this, but... Uh, it always lasted one hour every day. A prayer for one hour.
0: Yes, uh, the evening prayer of the family. Well, I don't think that, that the Catholic a Catholic priest would lie to me about that, of course. So I do believe you, but an hour.
1: Yes, even now, <laughs> even, now even though my parents are gone, I have only a brother and, they, uh, and his wife there. Uh, they have no children, mm-hmm. but they still
0: spent... Uh, I
1: would not say one hour, but it's uh, over like fifty minutes.
0: So, how what what do you say in the prayer for fifty minutes? You're uh, not just are you? You're not just reciting the Our Father oh, over no, and no, over no, again. I will right? tell you what we do. Please do.
1: No, we start with the prayer, <laughs> Our Father, and then of course uh, we have uh, uh, the reading from the Bible. Uh, what we do is we read one chapter of the New Testament. That is when I was growing up. Now it is slightly different. One chapter of the New uh, Old Testament, one chapter of the New Testament. Every night mm-hmm. we used to do it. That is how I really became familiar with the Word of God. Uh, we we do that. Then we say the Rosary. Then we have uh, different kinds of uh, novena prayers, you know, novena to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, uh, prayers to the Blessed Mother, like Legion of Mary, uh, and then we also on Thursdays we do like an hour of adoration, mm-hmm. uh, mostly praise and worship uh, to the Lord Jesus, especially for His gift of the the Blessed Sacrament. So. It is it is something, you know, which has almost everything. And we remember uh, the dead. We pray for them. We remember all the family members. Uh, I know that every day my family members uh, during their evening prayer uh, say my name yeah. during their prayers.
0: How, how does that make you feel knowing that? Because
1: they... I, I I know that I'm being supported, you know, uh, by others, especially by my family for my ministry, which is really challenging. Yeah. So I have that strong sense of support, you know, uh, from them. So the, the evening prayer uh, really helps us also to learn some of the prayers. Like when I was growing up, uh, during one part of uh, our evening prayer, we were asked to recite some of the important prayers by heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, there, are 30, there were 33 prayers at that time we learned by heart. Wow. You can't even be, <laughs> what, imagine
0: that. What do you think it does to you to, to have those memorized? Oh, How does that help you?
1: It uh, really helped me to have a deep sense of uh, religiosity. You know, you you know the prayers. You you are deeply immersed in uh, your religious life. You know, uh, you are always in touch with God. Whenever you need, you know, uh, you know, you always know what to do and where to turn to.
0: It seems like memorizing things feels today sort of old-fashioned, like, I don't think there's as much memorizing in schools, for example, as there used to be. I know, they don't, they don't do it. So memorizing, would you recommend to people, like, just, you know, memorize a scripture, memorize this prayer, memorize something? I
1: would always recommend people to memorize. Uh, Let me tell you uh, what I did when I was in Jacksonville, Mm -hmm. uh, in a parish, Uh, there we have a school, and with the 600 children. So during my Mass and also during my visits to the classrooms, I always ask them to memorize uh, mm-hmm. Bible verses. Verses like Philippians 4.13 or Ephesians 1.4. Long before the foundation of the world, God chose us in Jesus Christ so that we may remain holy and blameless before Him. All these Bible verses really remind us of our Christian vocation. And if we need help, you know, then we will always remember. Yeah. So it is actually to our own advantage that we memorize. It is not enough that we read; we need to remember because there are times we cannot check our phone or a Bible. But then, when you need, uh, you get help.
0: My father, my my grandfather had a lot of scriptures, you know, memorized. And when he got older and he couldn't see very well, he told me one time before he died that that he was very grateful that he had these memorized because he could always you know have them in he could be thinking about them and basically study the the scriptures even without the scriptures i thought that was pretty pretty yeah, inspiring yeah. <clears throat> so let's talk a little bit about some of what's in the 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 prayer i'm looking at the king james version but it says our father which art in heaven and and you said before that, it, it's like a reminder that God is there. God is there. That's, that's the beginning of it all.
1: Yeah, and also He is in heaven. That means He is there. He is holy. He is powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, He He knows everything. He is not someone who is just like us. Yeah, He is holy and He is uh, really different from us. But He is part of our life, mm-hmm. yeah. so
0: we can have we can we can trust in Him. We can trust in Him. Yeah. Um, and then this this word, "Hallowed be Thy Name." Uh, what, what's, the, what's the way that you... Do you use a different translation when you... No, no, we hallowed same. be thy name. Okay. be thy name.
1: Uh, it means, you know, let your name be praised by everyone. Yeah. Let your name be recognized by everyone as a unique name. It is like any other name in the whole universe, okay? So your name it has to be, you know, uh, praised and uh, uh, recognized by everyone. That is our prayer. Yeah. Hallowed be thy name.
0: yeah And then it says, thy kingdom come. Is this a... Is this a a request, like please let the kingdom come, like the second coming, or something. Or what do you think that means? Uh, I, I
1: don't think so. It could be, it could be, uh, it could mean that. But uh, the kingdom of God in the Gospels uh, mean uh, a society or a community uh, in which uh, everyone does the will of God all the time. Zion. So, so when we pray, Thy kingdom come, we are actually asking God uh, to help everyone to do your will all the time. Yeah. Okay. And the kingdom can be, you know, like uh, Jesus talks about kingdom in the, in the past sense, in the present sense, in the future sense. Uh, Like uh, when he, when someone asked Jesus about uh, Lord, will only a few people be saved? Then Jesus said, enter through the narrow door. Many will try to enter, but they will not. But they will see uh, the patriarchs, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all the prophets sitting in the kingdom of God, see sitting in the kingdom of God, while they will be uh, cast out, and there will be gnashing and grinding of teeth, so that kingdom means the a group consisting of the people who always did everything to please God, so they are there already in the kingdom they, yeah. They, yeah all the saints, all the saints now we need to establish that kind of kingdom in our midst. And remember, we have an example. Uh, Jesus says, the kingdom of God is in your midst. That is Jesus himself, okay, who always did everything to please God. Mm -hmm. So we have an example. Uh, The Lord Jesus always did what he was suspected to do by the Heavenly Father. In the same way, we need to do God's will. And then we become part of this kingdom.
0: And the kingdom, if we're if it's people doing the will of God and we're in the midst of it so that seems like that's what a church can be for people yes
1: that is the idea the, all the church communities are actually kingdoms of God where people strive to do God's will mm-hmm. and also there is a future reference because in the prayer jesus said thy kingdom come so it is something to be established in our midst yeah. we are not perfect we, we're not there yet no we are, we are <laughs> trying to do our best but we are not perfect so we are asking god to help us you know to establish a perfect kingdom in our midst.
0: Yeah. Um, the next part of the prayer is, "Thy will be done in earth, as it is in heaven." Um, do we always want? Sometimes I think, uh, you know, our human nature. Maybe we don't really want God's will to be. I want my will to be done. Yes. How do we? How do we overcome that?
1: You know, uh, we we want our will to be done. That is true, but we know god's will is best for us when we really think about you know our life uh, god's will is always the best for us so we are actually asking help uh, you know to to guide us uh, to strengthen us to accept his will Mm -hmm. so that it will be established in my life it will be fulfilled in my life it is easy to say i'm ready to do god's will but we need God's help, God's guidance, God's strength, especially the guidance of the Holy Spirit to, to do his will.
0: It seems like sometimes it is hard to know what is God's will. I mean, there's some things that we know that, that are pretty clear, but sometimes I think it's hard to make decisions. And how, how do we really know what God wants us to do?
1: It is, it is really hard uh, to find out God's will, but there are ways through which we can find out God's will. Okay, uh, First
0: of all, we we're can- almost out of time on this episode, but. Okay. So maybe well, we'll tease this for the next, okay, okay, next segment.
1: Okay. First of all, we can pray, Lord, show me the way. Okay. Yeah. Together with that, we need to uh, look at the teachings of the Lord Jesus. Okay. Uh, the scripture uh, readings. Then we will find out what the will of God is. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Uh, Rejoice always. Uh, pray unceasingly. Give thanks in all circumstances, mm-hmm. for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. If we remember this uh, Bible verse, it will help us, you know, to apply that principle yeah. uh, in our daily life.
0: Yeah, we can, we can use our own brains to kind of apply that's, it. That's right. Um, Pastor, or Father Jose Pantha from St. Elizabeth Ann Seton Catholic Church, thank you so much for joining me. I look forward to part two in the next episode And um, I hope everybody has a Merry Christmas. Thanks again to our sponsors, Douglas Property and Development, Big John's Appliances, Stevenson, Wilcox, and Associates. Thanks for listening to Faith and Flagler.